News. While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. And I'm Chris McCarthy. And we're joined by, well, first of all, I just want to say, uh, we got we to gotta let the audience know you have till nine o'clock to send us your Red, uh, Red Sox, favorite Red Sox memory on App Chat. We've got a bunch so far. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing more and we'll announce the winner after the nine o'clock news. So stay tuned. Uh, four tickets to the Red Sox, courtesy of Scott Lang and Lang X Ferris. 4 p.m. tomorrow at Fenway Park. Include your email, please. Include your email, please. That's the way we, uh, that's the way we, we send you the tickets. They're digital. Uh, so we're joined by Steph Pickup, a candidate for Fairhaven School Committee. Hey, Steph, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak with you today. Thanks for coming in, Stephanie. We really appreciate it. So before we um, dive into the issues, I suppose, uh, why don't you tell us, um, just for people who may not know who you are, uh, who are you and why are you running for Fairhaven School Committee? Well, my name is, uh, as you said, Stephanie Pickup. And, uh, and to just eliminate any confusion, my sister-in-law and I share the same exact name, Stephanie Lynn Pickup, mm. middle name and everything. And so Steph is uh, an amazing ELL teacher at, uh, in the district. Oh, nice. And so it's funny because um, people are continuously asking her, you know, hey, you can put one of your signs in my yard. She's like, it's actually not me. I'm not running. <laughs> so um, just to eliminate any confusion, uh, I work at Carefree Homes, our family-owned home improvement company that's based here in Fairhaven. Um, so I'm the marketing and community relations uh, manager over there. Cool. So um, that's my professional stuff. And I'm also a realtor as well. So uh, with Bold Real Estate and Metapoiset, but I'm a mom and I have four children that I have raised here in the district. I've been a parent uh, in the Fairhaven School District for uh, going on 20 years this year. So um, it's a, been a long, but a long journey. Uh, four kids with four completely different educational experiences. Um, so I really have some unique perspective as far as that goes. Um, my three daughters are all in college now, so I've had... Out of the three, two have graduated from Fairhaven. Um, one had the amazing opportunity of attending Tabor Academy. She was recruited for uh, for basketball, so on athletic scholarship. So she graduated from Tabor in 2021. So um, I've been exposed as a parent to uh, private school education. Right. So I kind of can see the benefits of that, which is wonderful. Sure. Um, but yeah, we've actually had a, 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 honestly, Fairhaven's been a pretty, pretty great uh, experience for, for all of them. And then, um, I have had a child with an IEP, so I know what that is too. So I've blubbered my way through seven years of IEP meetings. So yeah. I have, uh, you know, a child that graduated number 10 in the class. I have all these different, totally different learning styles, uh, personalities, but um, definitely lots of experience here in the district as far as a parent goes. 
So, Stephanie, what attracted you to the school committee? You're not a political person. Um, you're, you're a private sector person. You, you, you're a taxpayer here in town. You're a mom. What attracted you to run? Why would you bother, I guess, is, the, is really the question. Right. So, I mean, I've been very involved with the school. So, before I was working, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I, uh, I dedicated about a, de- a decade uh, volunteering directly in the school. So um, I was a PTO volunteer. I was a volunteer librarian. I was a classroom volunteer. I was a Soul Sisters after school running program volunteer. I've been on hiring committees and parent focus groups. Um, I've been pretty much, I was entrenched in the schools pretty heavily for the first 10 years of raising my kids. And, um, you know, I see how, you know, firsthand how much our teachers and our paraprofessionals and and actually all the faculty and leadership in the schools, how important they are to the success of our kids. And so um, fast forward a little you know, bit. So I'm back and working. Uh, COVID hits and the world gets turned upside down. Teachers are struggling to figure out how to teach kids from school. Um, and then I had a child with a night. Well, what happened was um, I had a child on an IEP, but he was um, doing so great. And so it was about the year before, actually it might've been the fall before COVID. So 2019, they were like, yeah, you're doing great. He doesn't need an IEP anymore. And I said, oh, okay, this is fantastic. Well, um, when COVID hit, I didn't, without, without the IEP, I didn't have anything to support okay. my child. Okay. Wow. Um, so I felt extremely helpless and with all the different, I, you know, arbitrary and nonsensical things that were happening at the time um, that I know teachers and parents were very frustrated with. Um, I felt like I needed to take a more active role when I had the opportunity. So um, that's why I'm here today. And I am a a huge volunteer in the community as well. So community service is at the heart of everything I do. Um, I am on the board of directors for Gnome Surf. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's a nonprofit that provides surf therapy to athletes of all ages and abilities. We specialize mostly, um, I mean, we do all kids, but we're well known for uh, working with our neurodivergent kiddos. So kiddos on the spectrum, um, Down syndrome, ADHD, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, and more. So I do that. Do you take them surfing? Surfing. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, um, it's basically, you'll have to, you should come check it out. I, I absolutely would love to. That's fantastic. No, I'm serious, Chris. No, Actually, do you know so who it, Kristen's the one who, no, went, Kristen got me into it. I thought so. so. Yeah. Kristen Pacheco is the one who got me into it because she used to be one of the instructors over there. So Kristen had been telling me for like a year or so, Steph, you need to try out Gnome Surf. So next thing you know, uh, my kids are surfing. Uh, and it was like our saving grace during COVID because that's when we started was 2020. It was one of the only things that we could do. Yeah, so, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's so, really we started, cool. so the next thing you know, my kids are surfing. And next thing you know, I'm on the board of directors. Like, okay. So, <laughs> Very um, cool. yeah. And then I've, you know, I work with our local United Way of Greater New Bedford. I'm heavily involved with them for the past 10 years. Um, that's really how I knew you when you first came in. Yeah. Because you've, you've done the United Way stuff through us. Yeah. I right. do um, a lot of stuff. So I'm, I was just over there today because we have Hunger Heroes tomorrow. Right. So I'm right. on, I've been on the Hunger Heroes committee. For, I've been on so many committees. I should really have an office over there. I'm going to ask Michelle <laughs> Hantman, may I please have an office over there? <laughs> Um, so you can I, build her one. Yeah, you right. You can build one, right? Yes, I could. <laughs> we could do that. So, yeah, so I'm very involved with that and uh, the Friends of Jack Foundation. And uh, I'm actually, I'm not sure if you knew that I was the co-founder of Our Heroes Tree. I used to come on the radio talk about that like about 20 years ago. Um, so my husband, Nate, is a West Pointer. So we were active duty military for five years and then the National Guard for four. Um, he deployed a couple times, Bosnia and Afghanistan. And... Um, 
I had actually self-published. I was a kid at the time. I look at it now because I was the age of my children. I was 23. Right. I, uh, I self-published this book for military kids and ended up connecting with another author to create our Heroes Tree, which is a national program now that honors the service and sacrifice of our nation's military families. It's been implemented pretty much worldwide on military installations. Like, lots of really cool stuff. But um, I could keep going. But lots of community. So serving others and... Um, so your husband was a football star, right? He was, yeah. yeah so okay. Nate, that's, that's yeah, what I thought. when I first yeah. so I'm I grew up in Dartmouth. So when oh. I when we when we got out of the military and we moved back here to Fairhaven, um, when I you know my parents are from Fairhaven, so I knew a lot of people in Fairhaven. But um, I wasn't Steph when I first moved back to Fairhaven. I was Nate Pickup's wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're Nate Pickup's wife. Oh my gosh, he was such a great athlete. Yes. I know. He's really good at basketball. He's actually really good at everything, except bowling. I can beat him at bowling. That's funny. So, um, and he blames that on, you know, getting old and stuff like that. But he's uh, he's good at everything because he's naturally very athletic, but he worked very hard in high school to be as good as he was. So right. uh, he's an exceptional. West Point's a big deal. It is a big deal. So, yeah. So he was recruited there for football. Um, he ended up getting an injury, so he didn't end up playing. And then uh, it's very difficult at West Point. So he had to get on track for academics and ended up, he didn't end up lettering in basketball there. He walked on wow. as a basketball player at West Point. Yeah, yeah so, um, but I, I started dating him when he was, a, it was his second year at West Point. So I was, I was only 16 years old. So I grew up going to West Point, even though I didn't attend the academy. I feel like I did. Right. Um, you got snuck in at night? Yeah, well, no, we didn't do that. We always followed the rules. <laughs> but I did get to go to all the um, all the fun, uh, like 100th night and ring weekend and all those fun uh, West Point traditions. And we've carried those on with our kids. You know, right. we, we go to Army-Navy every year, Fantastic. which is coming to Foxborough this year. Is it really? Yeah, really? so I wonder if you guys are going to get tickets, like with a radio station or something. We'll try. We you will should, try. Well, yeah. just so you know, you should try. And ask yeah. Mark. Ask Mark. Get you some Army-Navy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so fun. But uh, yeah, it's coming to Foxborough. It's usually in Philadelphia. Or yeah, Baltimore. no, it is. Yeah. yeah, in Philly or Baltimore. Um, That's for This year it's coming? Yeah. So wow. this is like, we did, it was like a shock because usually it goes back and forth between Baltimore and Philly. I think it's been in D.C. in the past. This, this upcoming next few years is going to be a total mix-up because they. But when we heard Foxborough, we were like geeking out. We were like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" Because we, we usually we used to go for like the whole weekend, but right. then when the kids started working and getting jobs, and we came a lot, so we could only like do a one-day zip to Philly. Sure. And we would zip to Philly and zip back in one day. Uh, we'd hit, you know. There was a, like a really good Italian restaurant in, in Philly. We would just make a really long day of it. So we're like, this is great. We can just leave home and it's, you know, 45 minutes away. Right. So, um, yeah. So service is really at the heart of our family. It's at the heart. It's, it's what I really, truly enjoy sure. doing. So, um, you know, I really see serving on the school committee here in Fairhaven as just sort of an extension of my community service. And um, I think I can offer some some interesting and new perspectives as a parent, as a business leader, as a community uh, volunteer, um, I think I'm able to uh, offer some fresh perspectives. We're speaking with, with Stephanie Pickup. Um, it sounds, it's spelled just like the way it sounds. You can see it on the ballot on Monday. Yep. Stephanie Pickup. Try so, ordering takeout with that last name. <laughs> <laughs> Try ordering pizza. Is this for pickup? Is this for, uh, hello, is this for pickup or delivery? And you say it's for delivery. And they say, what's your last name? And you say pickup. Uh, we, thought you th we thought you said delivery. Like, no, the last name is, is pickup. That is really funny. 
And they should have opened with that. Yeah, the pharmacy is actually tricky, too, because it's drop-off or pick-up. That's right. And then you pick it <laughs> You're up. You're not speaking to a person. Pick, right. yeah, well, you pick up, and then they say, are you dropping <laughs> off or picking up? And you say, pick up. What's your last name? Pick up. <laughs> well, we know, your last, we know what you're picking up, but what's your last name? The last name is pick up. That's like Abbott and Costello, who's on first. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank yeah. you so much. Of course. So, um, uh, you, you, like you said, you have a position at Carefree Homes, a family-owned business. Um, what type of, um, that type of experience that you have in the, in the private sector, how do you think it'll translate to uh, being a good uh, school committee member? Well, I think, you know, with business, um, so we're a family company and uh, that family, that kind of that family vibe goes right through to our employees. So um, it's important for us to have those connections with our employees, but there also comes a point where you have to kind of have those boundaries of, this is business and we have a great relate working relationship and I really care about you as a human being. But if for some reason, you know, expectations aren't being met or if for some reason this a particular position isn't, you know, what's best for the company, then right. you need to be able to separate that so that you can make a decision based on the best, you know, on the, um, what's best for the company. Sure. So, or um, the school system. Yeah. So, so it's the same thing. Right. So, um, I think small town politics, it's difficult because, you know, a lot of times you're on the sidelines with a lot of the people who are involved in the district. Right. Um, you know, you're cheering for your kids at a sporting event and we have a lot of really great people in our district. Um, but we do have to make sure that we are using our tax dollars wisely, that we are um, investing money in the appropriate things like we need teachers and paraprofessionals we need to make sure that we're providing competitive pay in compensation for them. They're the boots on the ground. That's where it matters most. So we need to be careful. I know a lot of, because um, I've been talking basically with um, with teachers, with parents, with just pe members of the community. And, um, and this happens, I think, a lot in a lot of districts is that we're very top heavy, um, admin wise. And so people are like, you know, why do we have assistant insert this position here? Why do we have that? Right. And I said, that's a good question. Sure. I, I, I don't know the, the answer to that because, um, you know, Again, it's going back to we need paraprofessionals. I mean, especially now is after uh, after COVID, um, the emotional and the mental health of the kids is just it, they need it. Sure. So it's it, academically, emotionally, all these things. We need the extra set of hands in the classroom. I know I volunteered in the classroom, and I thought I really, I mean, that I could handle kids because I've got four. Mm -hmm. um, but but, yours. but no, but like teachers, that's a special person. Absolutely, yeah. Like a very special person to be able to do that. So I am so thankful for anyone like my sister-in-law or um, any of the teachers that we've had just to be able to do that every day. It's exhausting. Sure. It's exhausting. It really and um, especially especially now with all the challenges and through COVID, oh my gosh, like I can't imagine what it was like to be a teacher. I know how bad it was to be a parent, um, <laughs> but like the teachers to have their own families at home and then they're going and, you know, they're teaching remotely and they're teaching in, in person or there's some school districts required, you know, both you had to simultaneously teach in person and to the kids at school. Right. So if you're even, we actually did it pretty good. We had like a hybrid. Um, you know, you were you were in school for a week and then you were you were home for a week, so it wasn't as crazy. But I do have friends that are parents here in the district that teach in other districts. They were just like, you know, they were were required to teach live to the kids in class and then try to keep track of the kids in the you know virtually. And it yeah. was like you can't do both. It's no. impossible. So teachers have. Um, been really just beaten down the last couple of years and I and we need to make sure that they feel supported and um, you know making sure that they're 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 compensated the amount of money they should be compensated is I mean I know there's budget things so of you course. have to but again that's again evaluating 
what positions are necessary and making sure we're funneling funds to the boots on the ground, right. in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. So I think for business-wise, my business experience, and I was telling you earlier, when I came to Carefree Homes 10 years ago, we were still telemarketing. Right. So I, my job was to basically dismantle the telemarketing room. And I had a whole room of people and great people that I built relationships with. And knowing eventually I had to basically wean this off and I had to fire people or let them go or just because they either they weren't performing. Um, and it wasn't so much their fault as telemarketing itself like was dying. It right. was just... It's, Technology. You know, yeah, it. you had caller ID. People are not going to pick up the phone anymore. Um, so yeah, it was very challenging to... Because for me, I'm a people person. So I very much connect with people, especially when I'm working with them. I get very close with them. But um, yeah, I had to dismantle the entire thing. And, um, Went in there like the Terminator. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm <laughs> a really... Was that George Clooney movie where... He He's, he has to fire people and they yeah, fly him around the, the country. Up in the up air. In the, it's a great movie. I've never yes. seen it. I'm oh, going to have to look at excellent it. Excellent movie. It was based like on it. your life, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what? It's funny because I actually, we just had a home show up at Fox Bar at Gillette Stadium this weekend. And um, I'm able to balance, you know, that whole business personal relationship thing. Yeah. And I had, I actually called back one of my old telemarketers who I still am very good friends with. And um, we still have dinner twice a year. There's a couple of us we have dinner. You pay. Yeah. Oh, sometimes we actually take turns. We take turns. <laughs> All right. But, um, but yeah, so like I, you know, I, and I, we still enjoy being together, but I'm able to maintain that personal relationships. But, you know, we had that business relationship, but it, you know, it came to an end. Right. Um, so you have to be able to separate the, pri the private, the personal versus the business and know that it's not personal, that it's it's all business. So, I appreciate that. Um, you're talking about like raising teachers' pay, budgetary concerns. There is a proposal right now to, uh, you know, override uh, the Proposition 2.5, which would basically mean that uh, there'd be no cap on your uh, on the the, uh, the the amount in which the town can raise your property taxes every year. Now, three of us here are all uh, taxpayers in the town of Fairhaven. It's something we've got to consider. What's your position on it? Yeah, so no. No, no, <laughs> okay. no. Um, we have, you know, first of all, fiscal responsibility is something that's uh, that's one of my personal things. Like, you know what? We've all got budgets and we've got to stick to it. So mm -hmm. we need to take a look at where spending, what are, what's our spending? What is unnecessary? And, it, and I know it's hard in a small town um, because budgets are limited, but... Um, yeah, fiscal responsibility. So no, I don't think raising the taxes. It's no, let's rein in the spending and see where it's being. And, and that's going to have to make a lot of tough decisions. But, um, you know, we have elderly that are on a fixed income and it's, you know, with inflation and the cost of living going up. You go to the grocery, I went to the grocery store this morning. It was $300 at Market, market Basket, which right. has great prices. Right. Um, and the guy behind me was like, what? $300? Do you spend that every week? And I said, well, I have a teenage son who drinks a lot of milk and he right. likes to, you know, right. so, and I do bioorganic, so that adds a little bit more onto it. But yeah, the cost of living is going up. We can't hit people with an, a tax increase and some people try to minimize it, but you know what? $50, $100, whatever that would be, that can, that's a lot to some people. Sure. And um, quite frankly, I, I think as a taxpayer, I know what to do with my money better than any government does. So... No, definitely not an advocate for raising taxes. So what I'm hearing, Stephanie, is that you'll have a holistic approach as a school committee member to the entire town budget. In other words, because the schools have a, a lot of power um, when it comes to the funding. In fact, they're the primary source, the primary um, absorber of most of the tax dollars in the town of Fairhaven. 
yeah. is the schools. So you'd keep an eye on that. Yeah, I think it's all around. I mean, I know that there's a lot of things we can't control. Like we're not, you know, school committees limited in what we can control. But as a as a whole, the town should be, you know, really just, you know, keeping the taxpayers in mind with right. all their decisions. And I feel like it's always easy to spend somebody else's money. You know what I mean? Very true, Stephanie. Very um, true. So I think the least that elected officials can do, and if I'm one of them within the school committee, then, you know, fiscally sound decisions are important in maximizing your dollars and uh, making sure they're spent efficiently. Um, so, Stephanie, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, is there anything else? Uh, where can people go to learn more about your campaign? Um, so I'm on Facebook. It's a Vote Steph Pickup on Facebook if you want to check it out a little bit. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, I have been inviting parents and friends. Uh, parents and friends. My friends too, yes. But um, parents, teachers, community members, if they want to, if they have a question, they can email me directly at votestephpickup at gmail.com. So if they want to shoot me a question. I have had several um, constituents send me some emails um, with their concerns and I'm happy to answer those. And if you want to post my response on Facebook, because I, I don't get into Facebook fights, like I don't do that. That's good. And I'm actually- That's a good quality stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to fight with me on Facebook, it really won't happen. So don't try. Right. Um, because <laughs> I'm not going to engage you in a, that kind of a way. So um, I have had people privately message me. And um, if you want to share that just for transparency to see what I say, I'm, I'm totally fine with people screenshotting my responses. That's fine. But- I'm not on social, like I'm on social media, but I manage like 12 pages. So I turn off notifications. So sure. I, I don't, like if you have just a personal Facebook page, you might have your notifications on, but when you manage like 12 pages, you're right. not going to have your notifications. <laughs> right. No, sure. You'll sure. be constantly hit with notifications. So please just email me, vote stiff, vote stiff pickup at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. And I really would appreciate everyone's consideration and their vote on April 3rd. Steph, Thank you so much. Thanks really so much for joining it. us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hi. Thanks to Steph Pickup. That was a great interview. She's a very, very nice person. And her uh, her skill set, her experience, you know, it's tough to be on the school committee. It's tough to be a local elected official. I know that. You know that, Marcus. You do develop personal relationships. I was a boss in the private sector. And it was funny when she was talking about laying people off. Sometimes the last time you saw someone was when you laid them off. Mm -hmm. And you run into them at the mall or, or wherever. And it's... You know, it's it's always an awkward conversation. Yeah. Um, so, well, she has a skill set that that I think is a very necessary skill set. Being able to know how to professionally terminate someone. Yeah, I agree. It's on. It, it, you know, the the reason it, it's such a precious skill is it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So if you have it, it's a pretty good experience. Up in the air, by the way, it was a good movie. It was a good, movie. very good movie. I enjoyed that. I really underrated, actually. Really underrated. underrated. Yeah, Stephanie Pickup. Should we? Uh, the elections Monday. The elections Monday. So do we have early voting here in Fairhaven? <sighs> Good question. I hope we don't. I think the early voting thing is foolish. I like early voting. It costs too much for how many people actually use it. In my opinion. Well, I'm trying to segue into the Red Sox. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. <laughs> 
after you get home. <laughs> we got some from the game on Saturday. Make sure you vote on Monday. We got we got some uh, app chat messages again. You have till nine o'clock. Me- message us your favorite Red Sox memory. We read a bunch in the first hour. The winner will be selected and announced after the nine o'clock news. So uh, we have. Um, 1999 All-Star Game in Fenway. Pedro strikes out five uh, of six in two innings. Then we have the first, uh, and then uh, uh, New Bedford resident says, that was from Jack in New Bedford. Now, New Bedford resident says, the first game resumed after the 9-11 pause when the entire entire stadium sang New York, New York in unison because of the uh, traditional Sweet Caroline. That's a good one. Uh, someone else uh, said David Ortiz after the marathon, uh, after the marathon bombing. Um, this is our effing city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also got, uh, which I'm surprised I didn't get more of this one, uh, when Pedro Martinez threw Don Zimmerman to the ground in that. Uh, that was pretty good. I remember watching that live on, yeah. one, on a very old TV, right? you know, in the early 2000s. I remember watching it live, actually, and seeing him. The guy, Don Zimmerman ran out. I mean, this old man running out a professional athlete in his right. prime, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> ran right. at him, and then Pedro just took him, threw him to the ground. He had to tape his nose. That's a pretty good and one. And what else could Pedro really do? Yeah, I mean that was the, that was Zimmer the most was like merciful bull. he could possibly be. Exactly. Yeah, right? so that's another good one. Again, you've got until um, you've got until uh, nine o'clock, and again, we're gonna the winner will be selected and will announce at uh, after the nine o'clock news. So. Marcus, my, my Red Sox memory. I have a lot of them. I went with the Cordemarches. Dave Cordemarche was a gym teacher at at, at Aponiquit, and, and his son and I with Dave Dave Junior were, were good good friends. I was in. Elementary school, we went to a Red Sox game. So my brothers, they didn't go to the Red Sox game. I went with the Quartermarshes, and um, so my parents bought, let, gave them some money to go to the to the Dartmouth Mall to get a record. Wow! And they, when I got home, of course, it was going to be my record too. It was Ario Speedwagon's High Fidelity, which is a great, great album. It's all the Ario Speedwagon songs that you know, if you know any, are, are from High Fidelity. It was a great 1980s yeah. album. So that's that's one of my Red Sox memories. Going to the Red Sox all day, getting a sunburn, coming home to having a brand new cool record. My favorite Red Sox memory was talking to Chad Finn on South Coast Tonight on the WBSM podcast feature. You can check that out. That's a good in fact <laughs> in fact Scott Lang said make sure we mention Chad Finn's book. Yeah, oh yeah, the the Boston uh, the Boston Globe story, the Red Sox, which right. is um, it, it seems like a really great book. It's uh, a curated uh, over three hundred articles curated by Boston Globe columnist Chad Chad Finn, uh, and you get to like Scott Lang said, you get to he- you don't get to just talk about the Red Sox in the twenties. You get to hear what people in the nineteen twenties were saying about the Red right. Sox. It's really interesting stuff. I hope they make one for the Celtics too. Actually, and folks, remember. We're going to email these tickets. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, we're going to be doing this all through the season. Yes. So we'll, be, we'll have nights where we're giving tickets away. Um, so make sure you're always tuning into the podcast. Make sure you download the app. Yeah. Um, we will all, we'll be doing this a lot. So thanks to, thanks to uh, Scott Lang, former mayor of New Bedford, the managing partner of Lang, Axa Ferris, and Bullard. So make sure you're always listening to South Coast tonight and you have the app downloaded because you never know. Next time we're going to do this, and we're emailing the tickets. So if you live in the Boston area, we'll email you the tickets. Yeah. If you live in the Rhode Island area, we'll email you the tickets. Yeah. If you live in Connecticut, we'll email you the tickets. If you live in Lakeville, for God's sakes, we'll email you the tickets. We'll email you the tickets. 
And that's thanks to our friends at Lang, Exaferis, and Bullard, our law firm and yours. So you're going to want to, if you need legal services, you're going to want to reach out to Lang, Exaferis, and Bullard. Um, New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang, certainly uh, uh, a, a well-practiced and uh, outstanding attorney. And a hell of a guy. And a hell of a guy. I used to make sure I had the New York Times when I was in the hospital. It, that was, is, always, it was really always there. That is fantastic. Yeah, that is fantastic, right? And he always makes sure we have pizza. And he always shows up here with pizza. Yeah. And his I wife gave, sends us candy. I gave you a copy of Jacobin in the hospital. You did give me a copy of Jacobin. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I was reading Jacobin last night. Oh, were you? There's some articles by Michael Myerson, who was a longtime member of the Communist Party, um, who was writing about his experience as a communist, like oh, a cool. real official communist. I'll have to check that out. I haven't, yeah. I haven't read that yet. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. How are you doing, Marcus and Chris? Doing great. How are you, my friend? Well, hanging in there. You know, uh, this indictment with Trump, this is nothing about, nothing more than nationalism versus globalism. Uh, the uh, America first. And uh, this is, it's, it's, it's incredible how, uh, you know, our uh, legal system is, uh, it's the laughing stock of the world. Because mm. it's uh, no more than the Venezuela. Uh, yeah, um, you know, obviously, like we said, it's, it's of course, politically motivated. Uh, that doesn't mean there wasn't any wrongdoing, but it, it is, it is going to set an interesting precedent, for sure. Yeah, well, you know that uh, Donald Trump won't be the first president to be arrested. It was actually yeah. President Grant who was arrested for uh, speeding uh, with his horse. No, he got a, no, 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 he got a ticket. He got a ticket. He, a ticket. he wasn't arrested. He got a, he yeah, arrested. No. Well, he got it. And actually, and the funny thing about that is he was speeding. He got a warning from the cop. And then afterwards, he was speeding again. Then he got a ticket. Ulysses S. Grant, a union uh, union general in the Civil War and a president. 18th president, I think, of the United States. What, what I yeah, think is so well, dangerous about this is this guy is a local district attorney. Don't let the fact that he represents Manhattan, which is the biggest city in the world, or most important city in the world, I should say, don't let that fool you. The guy's a, a district attorney, no different than all the district attorneys we've had here in New Bedford. And he's, and he's indicting a former president. The shenanigans that this can bring in the future is really outrageous. Well, uh, from what I'm hearing, it's a uh, state jurisdiction. Yeah. And he's trying to take on uh, a federal federal law uh, election law so he's, well, he's well, also the federal election law would be tied yeah we don't know the indictments yet so right. that's the, but but the the what we're hearing is it's the federal election the campaign finance law violation is tied into the case that would make it a felony because the falsification of business records um, as it's laid out in the uh, potentially laid out in this case is a misdemeanor unless it's in service of concealing a felony in which when, uh, or another crime uh, rather not even a felony another crime in which case would be the, the campaign finance law that's how we understand it but that's yeah I was just I was just watching uh, news nation right. uh, with Chris Como I'm, I watch it so you guys don't have to Thank watch you. it. No. <laughs> I yeah, I appreciate that. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know why? Well, he had you owe me a quarter, Daniel's, uh, current lawyer. Um, he says he's been the attorney since February 19 of this year. And Como asked Chris, Como asked him if she's going to be a witness on, on the stand. And he didn't give an answer to that. And he also had a guest on. He had uh, Alan Dershowitz. And mm -hmm. He was talking about law professor. Not, and by the way, he's now listening audience. On. He is. He's in Martha's Vineyard and now listening audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and well, he says, uh, well, Chilmark. Como kind of gave him a dig, and he says he 
Como says to him that he, he has more confidence in New Yorkers than in Alan Dershowitz. And then uh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, he had to fire back and said that he's a New Yorker and that the pizza in Staten Island is a lot better. <laughs> well, they say they're going to move. The, I, I've heard someone today um, say that one of the moves that Trump's lawyers are going to do is to try to move the trial to the Staten Island jurisdiction because they feel he can get a better jury over there than he can from a Manhattan jury. Yeah, that's what they say. Some even say they might be uh, out, of, out of New York because uh, the bias the won't get a fair trial. It's going to be a really, look, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. It's why Marcus and I did not delay our Fairhaven guest tonight, because life is still going to go this, on for everybody. And this is going to take years. years. This is going to be years. Fortunately, Donald Trump well, has the money to fight the government. As long as five years, I'm here. Oh, yeah. That's a long time so for a criminal a case, but at least a couple. He'll I be think. done with his second term by the time this thing's over. Yeah. Right. Well, they are also, Chris Cuomo said he, she's pro, uh, Stormy Daniels is profiting heavily. From, uh, you know, this whole thing coming out with... Uh, yeah, but you know what she has to Trump. do to make that money? You don't want to switch places with her, I assure you of that. So she's going to ride that horse, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I got nothing Thanks. to do with That's, it. <laughs> appreciate the call. We're going to take a break. 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station. 300. The YMCA is just a starting line for the true self-blooms. Only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. Why is the before work hustle, an after school home, a section of my block, a corner to call my own? With my why, I stand strong, seen and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror and everyone belongs. Find your why. Join today at YMCA.org for a better us. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. So, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Farrow is here. So, folks, let me just tell you how we're going to do this. Um, and you have to believe us. You have to trust us. We're simply going to assign every one of the um, stories the Red Sox stories, a number. Then we're going to pick the number out of a hat, okay? Yeah. We, we, they're so good. And, we want, and we're still taking stories. Yeah, we're still, we, we're till, till 9 o'clock. You we have until 9 o'clock. 10 more minutes to come up with your best Red Sox event, uh, memory, Red Sox memory, even if it was from home, okay? Yeah. And send in an app chat, download, the, download the, the, uh, the app, send the app chat, make sure you include your email. Because Scott yeah. Lang, who, who gave us the four tickets to tomorrow's Orioles game, the, his law office, Lang X Ferris and Bullet, is going to email you the tickets. You will have them tonight. And by the way, uh, we're still, um, we still got a few more memories. Uh, someone talked about uh, when the Red Sox player put the, um, uh, at the parade put the trophy on the finish line of the, uh, of the Boston Marathon. Um, when they... Someone said when they won the World Series, when they broke the curse in 2004. I remember that. I was, yes. I was watching the game with my dad, actually. And my dad did not care about baseball, but he really cared about that. You know, it was interesting. Right. Even if you didn't care about baseball. It was you, huge. You cared about that. And I remember when they, when they, uh, when they got the game clinching out, he was like, yes. You know, right? he was like, yeah, it was like, a, it was a huge thing. Mark, if I could give the tickets to you, I would. That's a good story. <laughs> I like that story. We got to, um, we got to go back to the phones. Good evening. 
All right. So here's my question. After okay. you mentioned the uh, the DA angle, here's my question. If yes. Donald Trump were an embattled candidate, a charismatic businessman trying to make his way in the world in politics, and he were running for mayor of Fall River, and he paid off a fine lady of the night for a, for an evening at a motel in Swansea. Do you think Tom Quinn would have brought charges against Donald Trump running for mayor of Fall River? That's my question. <laughs> you know, I I don't know if if it was if it was if it came to his desk, okay, because the guy was arrested by the the, the Fall River police. He would probably transfer it to the Cape. All right. Uh... Did the guy hang up? Yeah, that's actually happened before where you have cases like that. They they get removed to another district. Maybe like an, an assistant district attorney picked up a hooker. Yeah, then they'd get moved to probably like uh, Plymouth County. Is that where it got moved to? Yeah, I don't know that case. I don't recall either yeah. exactly where it got moved to. I don't. But what, what, what we're saying is that in a case like that where prostitution is clearly illegal, although not regularly enforced... I don't think it's just, it's, I don't think it's as questionable a case. Yeah. Um, because this is a very questionable legal theory that they're using, which is, which I think is important part to keep in mind that that's why I keep saying, show me the man, I'll find the crime. Because once they pick you out and start going through your life, just about every one of us can be found reasonable to be prosecuted for a crime. Not remember not even a conviction yet, right? Yeah. The process is the punishment. Donald Trump, I assure you, very few people in this listening audience have the personal wealth to defend themselves in a criminal case against the government. 508-996-0500. We got a bunch of calls. We got to take a break, though. Jim. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live. How you doing, sir? Good. Good. How you doing? I remember my memory in the 80s uh, when the Red Sox were doing a World Series. The, uh, someone let the ball go right through the, the, between their legs. Remember that? I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill Buckner. Buckner. Yep, in 86. Yep. yep, 86. I knew it was in the 80s. I didn't know it was sure. Yep, 1986. I mean, that was my memories of the Red Sox. Yep. That was an unfortunate yeah, so one. They could have won that game, too. Yep. Thank you. You still got a mo- few more minutes to send in by app chat. Make sure thank you, you. your email. I thank didn't you. do have Kevin and all that. That's why he's called in. To oh, thank you so much. We appreciate, appreciate it. Thank it. you. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye-bye. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's so going on, my guys, friend? Do you guys give advice? I was looking for a little advice if you guys could help me. Oh, boy. I can. I'll try. <laughs> Won't be good, probably, but let's go for it. So I have this friend. Well, I, I wouldn't even say friend, but a co-worker. Friend of me? And she gave me an item to hold on to. Oh, no. Yeah, it's hermetically sealed and everything. And she's like, you'll know when. She's like, bring this out at the most inopportune time. I just want you to hang on to it for safekeeping. Okay. So, it's it's a blue dress. Oh, no. So, oh, when God. do you think I should bring it out? Like, what do I do? <laughs> well, if you want to... I missed the point where I should have brought it out. I'm like, I'm stuck in I would say now. bring it to the dry cleaner. <laughs> Be done with it before you get deposed. Bring it to the dry cleaner. Well, it's already hermetically sealed. Oh, and good. I don't know what, you know, what it's holding in there, but... <laughs> don't I don't look know. closely. 
My <laughs> advice is bring it to the dry, dry cleaners. That's what you're offering. I'm up. telling you to do that so you don't end up a witness in a, in a national case. <laughs> you can't handle the legal bills. I'm assure, I assure you because I couldn't either. Yeah, I'm like, how do I get out of this now, you know? All right. So you set me up uh, for failure. I'll drop the dry cleaners and nobody knows it was me. There you go. Good have a good, All right, have a, have a good April Fool's, guys. Thanks for okay. making me laugh. I appreciate it. Good evening. Marcus. What's up? What's going on, Chris? What's going on, my friend? Hey, uh, I sent my app chat, and I just wanted to make sure I went through. Okay. All right. All Thank right. So well, Thanks, John. Call. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah, that's actually, you got a few more minutes. Uh, we're taking them until 9 o'clock, and we will pick the winner and at random. At, at the 9 o'clock hour. At the 9 o'clock hour. So make sure you include your email address. Make sure you include your email address. That's the only way we can send it. In fact, we're only going to pick from the names of the people who include. Oh, my favorite Red Sox memory is when Jerry and Don couldn't stop laughing at the couple in the stands. When the camera panned, they caught the guy feeling up his wife. <laughs> How do you know it was his wife? <laughs> they couldn't stop laughing on the air for a few pitches. That's I was funny. watching live from home. It was comical. That's uh, pretty good. <laughs> you better hope it was his wife. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so, uh, 508-996, uh, here's my Red Sox story. Um, we got another one from, uh, Billy. Um, it's July of 24th, 2004. It's a game we all know. A-Rod takes a foul ball off the lower back. He mouths off to Arroyo on the mound on his way. Veritek intervenes. Someone pushes someone else. Then the image of the year, Veritek shoves his catcher's mitt into A-Rod's face. Next yep. thing we know... It's a bench-clearing brawl. We all know this game, but here's what I remember. I was sitting on the third base just out of the bleacher shadows uh, where I watched as a hot dog fell from the sky. It was like God himself had dropped it. It made a splat landing on a lonesome Yankee fan deep in enemy territory wearing an A-Rod jersey. He stood up to look and threw. He got hit by a full cup of Budweiser. Some believe that fight was the turning point in Red Sox 2004 season. Not sure, but I decided then to believe in whatever hurled, uh, whatever hurled that hot dog. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is a good one. That's, That's a good very, one. very, very good. All right, guys, you got another about 30 seconds to send your memories in, and and then we're going to pick the winner at 9 o'clock.